Hey, welcome. <laughs> a woman's journey is one where she blooms where she is planted, okay? Do you know what it takes to grow a blue rose from concrete? Yeah, that's the name of this podcast, Blue Rose Concrete. In this podcast, you will learn the process it takes for Eunice. Blue Rose, that's what I consider myself, um, to grow out of concrete. Come sharing the tears, laughter, and new discoveries with me. Tune in every Sunday at 5 p.m. And let's break through these concrete slabs together. Hey, welcome to Blue Rose Concrete. My name is Eunice. I am your host. Um, thank you so much for tuning in today. I am blessed and highly favored. I feel honored to have you here. Um, how are you? How have you been? How's it going? This is a new season for me. I'm starting fresh with new content, new episodes, new subjects. Um, and I will have new guest co-host. That's exciting for me. The first season, it was just me. Um, I was testing the waters. I had 493 listens for my first season. Guys, I am overwhelmed with joy. I feel so honored to have had so many people tune in and listen to the things that I was saying, which at the time I didn't think was much. Um, I basically was freestyling. I think towards the end, I started planning each episode. Um, and then my last episode was back to school and it was literally that back to school, back to reality. And, um, because of my busy schedule during the school season, I was unable to continue with the podcast and then so much happened. Um, so many things happened that I was unable to continue with having the podcast and recording. I don't know if you know anything about podcasts, but if you do, well, you probably do since you're listening to this, right? Um, I, I would be crazy to think I am the only um, show that you listen to. But um, it takes a lot <laughs> to record a podcast. It takes a lot of hard work, a lot of recording, stopping, cutting, snipping. It takes so much to record a podcast. So I had to literally because everything was what happening as you guys know at the time I had a newborn baby Hannah was driving me crazy um the kids were back into school I had to figure things out and I had no car that's another subject to talk about I had made a decision to um to voluntarily repo my car so I call them come pick it up uh, that's another story that I'll talk about later on which helped me to become financially more or to get closer to, to my goal of being financially stable. Yes. Um, so, so much to talk about. So much to digest, dissect. Um, so, I'm so excited. I thank you guys so much for coming back on. Today is January 22nd. Yes, I'm putting a date stamp on this because I am challenging myself to go ahead and post this. Um on the day at the time so thank you guys so much so so much um let's jump into some of the things that's been going on 
Blue Rose Concrete is dedicated to encouraging and inspiring women, especially those who have experienced trauma. I want them to know that life does not stop at trauma. The host is myself, Eunice Pierre, and I have guests co-hosts from different walks of life. Each episode, I introduce a subject for the week. I break the subject down into three sections, and in between the sections, I take a break. I will share past experiences that have molded me into the person that I am today, rather positive or negative. You know, (laughs) you can find it on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. I am so proud of myself, Michu, for like... I mean, I know I'm not where I want to be in life, but I'm not where I used to be. Mm-hmm. And as much as I beat up myself because I feel like I'm not anywhere near what I expected to be at this age, when I look back at it, I've, I'm doing good. I mean, I'm not doing great, but I'm doing good. Like, I'm doing good. Mm-hmm. What made you come to that, like, realization, though, like, that you're actually doing? like, about two weeks ago. It was a complete different story. It was. So how did you come to the point where you're like, yo, I'm doing good for myself? Okay, so about two weeks ago, like, I feel like I was looking at all the things that I did not have, all the things that I did not do, all the things that I wanted to do. And I felt like, oh, my God, now I'm 33. I'm about to celebrate my birthday. I haven't accomplished anything. You know, I'm looking at the things, all the things that I think that I, I should have already completed or accomplished that I have not and I was beating up myself and I was feeling sorry for myself well not really sorry but like I was feeling incompetent and you want to know something funny though like I always heard about midlife crisis right? <laughs> 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 and which is why I I was about that because I also have to look at things when I got the report card when I got the kids report card and I'm mm-hmm. like hold on wait do I literally have like mm-hmm. <laughs> like what I know like Abby is like a B is averaging at a B mm-hmm. and when it's A he has one B and the B is in reading and he does struggle with reading like I don't think it's something that he likes because he's such a I think he likes math more because of, you know, him liking the whole robot creating stuff hands-on. He prefers math versus reading. So for him, he struggles in reading, but kids are straight A across the board. Even though she struggles in math, she's like, I don't care, mommy. I'm trying my best and I'm going to get it right. Mm -hmm. And she won't stop until she gets it. Yes. Her strong point is reading. She Mm -hmm. loves reading. And she took the test today, you know, the math test, which average her with the other kids in her mm-hmm. age and her grade nationwide mm-hmm. and this girl is excelling and she knew to write down every time the test stops it gives you the points and she knew to write down yeah. reading these points math this and language she wrote it down and she brought it to me because she wanted to make sure that she keeps her scores which is like unheard of for uh you know last oh, year she, she was a third Kendra's nine she'll be ten in December nine? yeah she's nine she'll you be know, ten in December. I always get surprised by <laughs> she's nine <laughs> she is and 
She could have fooled me. Like, she's actually Listen, so much older. And last year, she was taking fourth grade classes and excelling above the fifth graders. Oh, thank you, God. Praise the Lord, because I don't deserve that, Jesus Christ. But thank you, Father, because mm-hmm. for having that favor and mercy upon me. Because it's like, and being a single mother, Michu, and going through everything we went through last year. Hold on. You said being a single mother, but... You also have to mention being a single mother of how many? Five kids. And there's one that's not. <laughs> she's not. Well, she's she's registered into a daycare. Okay. She's not in but school. Like Anna's one years old. She is. She's one years old. It's hard. It's not. Is there another word that I can describe it mm-hmm. other than hard? Because Lord knows, like I don't know how I'm making it on a day to day. Sometimes I wake up, I'm crying in the bathroom. Mm. Other days I go to sleep, I'm screaming, I'm crying. It's like I have... You never know what to expect when Nope, you get when home. I walk home. Walk, and you've witnessed walk that first half. Like, I've walked in, I open the door and I close it. I'm like, fix it, I'll be back. And I walk right back outside and I'm crying. I'm like, God, I'm so stressed. I work mm-hmm. hard. I'm I'm walking into the house at this time and this is how it looks. And I'm, you know, and... Could have been worse though. Awesome. If we go back to like this year, this time, November seventeenth, twenty nineteen, I was sleeping in a car in a car with them. Not mm-hmm. because I couldn't afford to rent a place, but because I did go on Craigslist, you know, and found a place, <laughs> and I was scammed, screwed over, screwed over basically by the person. They stole my money. And when I called the put the day, remember I, I cleaned up the house. I took and what really hurts me had a is whole praying session, session in there, praying session, <laughs> cleaning up. My son was there. He picked his room, and when he I go to happy. move in, he was very happy and excited. He had, you know, everything he was going to do. And when I go to move in, there goes the realtor telling me he's about to do the closing on that house. Hold on, not even the the realtor's assistant acting like the realtor and also laughing at me. And then the police telling me, oh, to go to Camilla's house with <laughs> four girls, to go to Camilla's house, make sure I'm there at a certain time so I can get a bed to sleep with my kids. I called every shelter in Miami. Mm-hmm. They told me they were booked. They didn't have space. I called women's shelter. I called every shelter. The police told me, well, at this point, you could just call it a loss. Mm. Count it as a loss. Like, how do you tell a single mother of five who worked hard, saved her money, you know, <laughs> sacrificed so many other things to save up her money to move, give it to this person and just tell them like, hey, count this as a loss. As a loss. This is something that happens. You know, we can't control it. And then tell me to go like stood there and gave me a flyer for Camilla's house where I can get hot meals and see. And it's like, hold on, wait, what? I'm calling you for help, and you're not helping. There's nothing, like, basically, nothing at all. Mm -hmm. And I had to face the reality of, like, me throwing away my bedroom set, everything, my living room, my dining room table, like, everything I owned had to, like, my pots, my spoons. I had to literally throw away everything, get a small storage to put clothes and the essential stuff only. Clothes, papers, what I had in there, clothes, papers, diapers. That's it. That's all that could really fit in there. My kids, some of their toys, because I throw away most of their toys, I had nowhere to put them. I had no money. I was sleeping in a car for about almost three weeks. 
Hannah on my chest. Well, no. So Doris took Hannah for me for the first two weeks, remember? Like a week or two, then she had to go back to work. So I had to take Hannah back. I was sleeping with Hannah in the front seat on my chest, holding her in a parking lot. The girls and Eddie sleeping between the trunk and the back seat, their feet hanging in the trunk, their heads, you know, on the seat. I remember being scared and being tormented and not sleeping and <laughs> thinking that a police officer is going to put a flash in that car and DCF is going to take my kid. Hmm. I was scared every night. I was terrified. I had all kind of crazy thoughts. I was tormented. And even though my kids went to school every morning, they didn't sleep in class. They paid attention. They still brought home good grades. I mean, I could have had kids that were going to school and saying that. Mm-hmm. they didn't they didn't mention mm-hmm. that and I remember when finally like I told the school I was moving and I was crying that is one of the reasons too that I say that I'm forever grateful for young leaders because they're small but they're mighty and it's not all about the money with them you know mm-hmm. they really mm-hmm. help their families like I remember all the teachers saying, how can I help? What can I do? What can we do? What? And I remember when I received the call saying, hey, if you find a place, we'll give you an advance. And we'll just take it out of your paycheck, you know, by pieces until you pay us off. And for me, that was my angel in the midst of my darkness. At first, I'm like, this is not true. They're not going to do that, you know? Mm-hmm. Then when it actually came, like the check was in my hands, I didn't understand. And that's another reason why I tell people, it's not going to be an easy process for me to just get up and leave young leaders. You understand? Mm-hmm. And I, I cannot not give my hundred percent to young leaders mm-hmm. because when I needed them the most, they were there for me. When I didn't have a family there, you know, I couldn't call on a family. I couldn't call on, they were there. Everybody else had their life and nobody's responsible, you know, for what I went through but I couldn't call nobody. Everybody has their life. They're dealing with their own stuff. And I refuse. Remember, I said that. I remember when someone referred to my kids as a burden to their family. And you were with me that day. And I remember the way it felt, the humiliation I felt. I felt like I failed my kids. I felt like a failure. I felt like I failed them. I felt like, you know, I didn't like the feeling. I made it clear from that moment that I will never give someone the opportunity to call my kids a burden again. Mm -hmm. And the part that hurt me the most is like the year prior to that, I again found myself in a similar situation. I was in the abandoned house for about two months Mm -hmm. before I found the place that I found. And that place, I found it on Craigslist. And when they found out that I had you know, my amount of kids. Well, I had four kids and I moved in there pregnant. I didn't tell him. And he found out I had all these kids in this house. He's like, uh-uh, I need my place. So then it's like, I go from this hurdle to another one, to another. And it's not that I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. It's not that I'm not working. I'm not a lazy person. I work hard. You know, I pay my bills. I care for my kids. I do the best that I can possibly can and beyond mm-hmm. with the hand that I'm dealt. And oftentimes people talk about, oh, I remember my own sister said this to me. Oh, nobody told you to go open your leg and have those kids. Open your legs and have those kids. Nobody told me to do that. I did have four kids with my ex-husband. But I never knew that life would be what it is now. 
I didn't plan on divorcing. I didn't plan on separating. I didn't plan on him not providing for his kids. Even when I left him, I didn't plan on him not providing for his kids. I didn't sit there and say, hey, I'm going to have four kids with my husband and then be a single mother and struggle because that's what I want my life to be. Yeah, I want to I want to struggle with my four kids and then I want to have hormones and just um, have sex with someone for the first time and get pregnant and, you know, and just yeah, struggle with another one because, you know, I love the struggle. That doesn't make sense. You understand? And I feel like sometimes when people say these things, I don't think they're thinking. Granted, there are people who who put themselves in certain situations, but everybody's not the same. Ukopan? Not everyone has, I guess, what you could say, is a sympathetic heart. Everyone's not like you. I think that's hard to kind of like face or understand that everyone doesn't have an understanding heart. Everyone doesn't think the same. So yeah, there will be people who say things like that. And there will also be people who, I'm sure, sympathize with you as well. Which, yeah, I've had people, you know, of course. I think in life, and you have to create that balance yourself. Once you can really identify your toxic relationships and your fruitful relationships, Mm -hmm. you can create a somewhat of a balance for yourself. You can literally tell yourself, okay, I'm going to deal with you once a year. I'm going to deal with you on holidays only. I will deal with you. Like, I literally have to get to the point where I mentally did that. There are people in my contacts that I deal with once a month. Remember, I do not mean to put you off, but remember, I remember showing it to you as well. Remember the Steve Harvey. He's like, let me show you what to do. And he's like, I don't remember if he used the the heart one, Mm -hmm. but he was like, a black circle next to the names that they're toxic you're not going to answer you don't want to deal with them (laughs) put like a green circle i'm paraphrasing Mm -hmm. but like that's basically what he he said and from that time on i edited my contacts and then i automatically knew i don't know if you did it but i know i did i did it i did it and i did it to the point where i remember someone questioning hey why do you have this next to my name and I was just like, am I not an adult? Like, can I not just choose to have something? Like, <laughs> like excuse me, I'm an adult. Yes. Yes, me, adult. Adulting it. You know, you not paying my bills. <laughs> That's what I am. So, You're talking about it's crazy. The people originally, like, not saying basically why you had to open your legs and yeah and have these kids yeah and it's like i was with someone we planned on being together forever we both did not believe in divorce there's a lot of things that we talked about prior to getting married you know Mm -hmm. even during the time that we were together we talked about a lot of things we planned a lot of things like it just did not go as planned and god laughs at our plans he really does because here i was making all these plans and he was like haha I'll see you at I'll see you in 2020. Actually, I'll see you in 2016. You're like God willing for everything. Okay. And nothing went. Nothing went how but I listen, went. Listen, that was 2019 though, right? Now, like I was saying to you like earlier, that was 2019, and then now it's 2020. You're in a different situation, right? I am. Completely. Like it's a almost 360. like a 360. It is. Almost like 360. But I was thinking the other day, like 
if you could look back, like I know everyone has their struggles. Like there's this thing that they say, like when the psychics, what is it? Those psychiatric, them psychics, mm-hmm. <laughs> when they come and tell you, oh, <laughs> you, you have a big problem that you're dealing with. And then the people mm-hmm. agree. It's like everyone has problems that they're dealing with. Right. Like, come on. But not to yeah, down, be more concrete with me. Not to downplay like your problem to mm-hmm. say that everyone has problems. But then like I was thinking back to how eventually like from the beginning, you know, I remember what you had to go through when your mother was a mother. Like when you were living it with your mother, mm-hmm. when your mother passed away. That was a different struggle all on its own as well. It was. And then there was the married no, hold on. Before that there was the not married, pregnant, out of wedlock. Uh-huh. And <laughs> that struggles of its Ooh. own. And, and having to deal with the church, their mouth. And then there was the struggle of okay, I'm married, but my husband is not being a husband. <laughs> not saying that he's not providing, but he's not. I mean, he's not faithful, not monogamous, whatever you want to call it. But bottom line is he's cheating and cheating with numerous women, putting my life at risk, you know, with him, like being involved with all these women. He's putting my life at risk by bringing something back to me. He could have, you know, Mm -hmm. brought something that I couldn't treat, Mm -hmm. which he did bring an infection. But thank God it was just that. You know, it was an infection. It was something that I could cure versus him bringing me something that I could have not cured. Mm-hmm. And I might have not been here to tell the story now. And then your kids would have been without their mom. Exactly. But like, to and without through, a dad. Cause... Yeah, he would be on. <laughs> Thank you, God. But to go through that and then to go through years of that, right? Yeah. And then after years of that, you're struggling between the separation time. And then through the separation time, like... This is like a little bit after the separation time or years after the separation time? What? The separation time between you and your husband. Right now or what, what happened? Like right now. This is years. like way after the Yeah, this is like because we separated in 2014. But then if you think about it though, like was there a season in your life where you did not struggle with something? <sighs> like I just started back from when your mother was alive. Okay, so just from when she was alive? Okay, which point? Which point and when she was alive? Was it like, are we talking back to like when I first moved here? When I first migrated here with my sister five years old? Are we talking about when you knew me? (laughs) So we're talking about like struggle, 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 struggle. Okay. I guess that's my question. So, I mean, I I want to. Right now, you're finally able to actually like. Even though if it's not it's not a full breath yet, like mm-hmm. it's loading, but Thank you. I like that it is loading. <laughs> loading and deep. Actually able to kind of to breathe. Yeah. To a certain extent I am. Actually am. But was there any other time before that? I think what I can say is actually you know what? Yes. Mm-hmm. I think in 2016, right, I want to say from the ending of 2015. Oh, that was a happy phase. That was a happy phase. Remember the ending of 2015 into 2016 until about March, until about March. Well, let's say I'll push it to April, like until like the ending of April 2016. That phase for me was good. 
I think I want to say 2015, about from like after school started a little bit from that time, from like September-ish up until April of 2016, it was happy for me. You know, I had my own space. You know, mentally, I was there. I was losing weight. I was eating healthy. I was meal prepping. I was working. And I love when I'm working. Like, I don't think people understand how good I feel to know that I just worked and earned that damn baby. Mm-hmm. And I actually did it with integrity. I earned it. They were not giving it to me. They were not being sympathetic. It's not a gift. It's something that I worked hard for. I did exactly what I was told to do and a little bit more. I added a little sprinkle to that. You know, like I went the extra mile and I'm getting paid for it. I love that feeling. I don't know about nobody else. That makes me feel good. Because I grew up always knowing that working is liberty as long as I'm not selling. So I don't care if I'm working. And at that time I was doing home health aid. So I was working, taking care of this Asian lady. And that's during the time that I was living in that nice apartment. My kids had their room. I had my own room and it was my room. I walked into a clean house every day. At night, I would have wine, you know, like I would literally wind down with wine, do homework with my kids. My apartment was nicely furnished. You know, like I was good. I was really good. Like I had a washer and dryer. I didn't have to worry about going to wash. Like It's those little things. Now that I think back to it, that literally put a smile on my face. Like being able to do laundry twice a week was it for me. Because anyone who has like a big family knows that clothes piles up like this. And once like one week passes and you're into the second week, it's like the whole house now has dirty clothes. Like who? And now you're trying to think, where do I start? Like which one do I wash first? Like how do I do it? And if you're as busy as I am, and not having as much financial resources as you would like to have, it's really hard because you can't afford to pay someone to do it for you mm. or to pay per pound. So you have to do it. Now you have to create time to do it, but you don't have the time to do it because you're so busy chasing money. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So when I think back, that was a happy moment for me. And I was that's during the time I was in theology school. I was fasting a lot. You know, my life with Christ was good. I was it was good. Like I was happy. And at the time it was not Tara's Palace, it was Beauty by Bibi. Mm-hmm. That was going good. I was actually having residual income from it. Um, people would come to my house to get their hair washed with mm-hmm. pro- with the products and things like that. Oh wow. Um, yeah, phone. She would have to just plug it. Oh. Oh, I wish I had a friend. Oh, you don't have a friend right now. <laughs> but yeah, so all of that, um, I think, created... I wish a, I had a sympathetic friend. I'm not sympathetic. <laughs> <laughs> I think all of that for me was, like, it created that happy... I need a power, like, a whatever. Guys, this is... Don't worry. Yeah. Uh, you is the best. <laughs> so yeah, that was... I guess the time when I was happier. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much for listening. Um, My name is Eunice. Of course, I'm the host. This was just a recap of 2018, 2019. I recorded this November of 2021.
2020. So I could have relaunched in 2021 um, in January, but I did not get a chance to do that. Um, I think I had a lot of fear at the time of actually sharing my truth. And I also um, procrastinated a bit on it. But now we're in 2022. And I said no more. Um, Had I continued with my podcast, I know that it would have been further than where it is now. So I am putting the fear behind me the false pretense behind me. I'm putting procrastination behind me and I am putting me first and the things, the dreams, the goals, the aspirations and my purpose first. So this is part one of the recap. It's actually four episodes. The whole month of January, I am basically recapping on the last two years of my life with you guys. Um, thank you so much once again for listening. I'm so excited for this season. See you soon. Or I guess, Talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to Blue Rose Concrete. I truly believe that a woman's journey is one where she blooms where she is planted. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. Until next time, don't become your own obstacle by limiting yourself to the environment you're in. You can follow me on Instagram, Eunice Inspires, for daily inspiration and use hashtag Blue Rose Concrete to share your thoughts on this episode. As always, I love you and I'm cheering you on.